1: Amen. I am your running host, and this is a special day. This is episode number 100. And, of course, joining me again, as always... Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis, but we have so much more this week. <laughs> we have with us the man who uttered seven words that launched a ministry, the Run for God ministry.
0: Welcome, HR.
2: Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the you allowing me to be here with you this morning. Man, we're Thanks. so glad you're here. Well,
0: it's kind of a cool day, too, Dane, because... We need to talk about this track meet you guys just had where HR's granddaughter was part of it. It's funny. You guys had a pretty good track meet this past week. Isn't it funny how God puts these things together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: this is just two days ago. Um, Rebecca, who's uh, she wanted to win that race so bad, and (laughs) she just ran a, a... She ran an eight-second PR in an 800-meter race, which, if you don't know what that is, that's like knocking minutes off of your 5K time, Mm -hmm. and uh, just fantastic, unbelievable race because she was, she had that determination. Well, we knew she had it in her, but just getting it out of her, and and boy, right there
2: that last lap, she turned it on, didn't she? We're 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 proud of Rebecca.
0: Well, Dean texted me and said told me what she did so i t- immediately texted rebecca and, and ross <laughs> yes, and within 30 seconds rebecca was calling me and because you know I, I coached rebecca when she was little yep. and she kind of come up through the ranks and man it's just it's cool to see these young people that that we've got to pour into oh, through yeah. the years just excelling and, and i think she she came up to you not too long ago saying she wanted to be on scholarship next year and you might have said, you know, you got some proving to do. I don't know, but she just earned she, it. She proved it. <laughs> she yeah. just earned it. <laughs> so, uh, kudos to Rebecca. That was uh, that, and, and all the girls. I mean, all you said y'all super. y'all did seven events, and, and we won you won six, six, of six of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: yeah. So and there's you know there's some girls who ran really really great races that. With Becca, it's just special because she's worked so hard. She's had a lot of setbacks in her life, right? She's uh, had a lot of injuries and things where she's not been able to run, and she's been really healthy for the last year or so, and it's all paid off.
0: You know, I've still got a video. H.R., I don't know if you've ever seen this video, but when she was probably 12, I got a video. She was on the treadmill, and I got down at the treadmill level, and I Mm -hmm. shot a slow-motion video of her feet, her heel, never touches the ground right yeah. it never
2: touches even running fast there's a couple of shots i seen yesterday where actually uh you know of course a runner when they're running like that a lot of times their feet are not on the, on the on the pavement at all i mean it's right. in the air and that's where she was with those shots mm-hmm. and i told my wife adrian i said don't you look at that yeah. yeah you know but she does have a different type of gait and a different uh, you know and i worry about her sometimes with her with her run, and, uh maybe uh, her ankle or law, but yet she she does super with it. But I knew she had it in her. We went and seen her when she was a freshman, actually at uh, Cahala Creek. She run against a, a couple of the uh, other schools there, then uh, I seen her come through on the last lap and uh, and come by and, and win that thing uh, real well, not knowing where she was because those, those two girls were back and forth, but she run, and So I knew she had it in her, and uh, to to do, to do what she did. Well, she's got yesterday. the
0: pedigree. Yeah. She's got a long history of runners That's in the family. Right.
1: Well, and here's what's funny about yeah. Rebecca is that she we tried to change that gait a couple yes, of sir. years ago. Yes. Sir. And when we did, I've never seen anybody change so instantly from one day to the next. She did a great job of it, but then you know what happened? She wound up right. with a stress fracture. Yeah. Her body is used to handling that kind of a gait and, yeah. and she just has to continue doing it. That's the reason she blows those running shoes out the That's it. there. Yes, <laughs> you're right about that. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a sponsor this week, as always, right?
0: Yeah. Again, if you want to, uh, if you own a business out there and you want to support Run for God and allow us to support your business, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. Uh, of how you can be a sponsor but this week's sponsor is outer elements established in 2011 outer elements is a design build landscape company servicing Northwest Georgia and the Chattanooga Tennessee area specializing in the latest techniques in landscape architecture and design outer elements has the professional experience to develop a wide range of products in both the commercial and residential sectors from irrigation installation hardscape construction planning and beyond outer elements can conceptualize any landscape project and make it become a reality contact them today at 678-445-1968 to connect with a passionate landscape architect you know we've got these guys on a job right now they do a great job Um, so if you've got a landscape project you live in the southeast give them a call and they'll be uh, happy to come out and take a look
1: awesome we always appreciate our sponsors We had a Facebook post from this past week, and this one comes from Michelle Christensen, and once again, she's one of those that if you're on the Facebook page, you've seen her name a number of times. Um, She's very encouraging, and here's the Facebook post she had. There was no real agenda for this run except to see how far I felt like going. Today was one week post-marathon, so I'm still testing the waters with with continuing ankle recovery and seeing what my body needs. I ended up doing a pretty nice-feeling 10K while listening to a sermon. Once again, I felt led back to one I had already listened to, and wouldn't you know that the Holy Spirit caught my attention. As I listened to those words for the third time now, wondering what else I was missing, I almost stopped breathing when I heard a particular point that didn't mean what it meant today. I was conversing with the speaker for our upcoming ladies' conference at our church last night. As we discussed the details and leading leading of the Holy Spirit for our time together, She struck a chord that led me to share a testimony that I don't normally share for a very hard time of testing in my Christian walk. I even questioned if it was safe to be that transparent with this friend or mentor and also knew most of the people involved in my experience. I had I had I overshared or cast unfair perspective. She assured me I hadn't and that my story was personal confirmation and also conviction for her in her own season. Today that familiar sermon not only hit me right where I had opened up for greater healing, but I received a word of wisdom that literally shifted my entire perspective of that season and what God had intended for it. I was just in awe. After all these years, we can still learn new lessons from past experiences that we need right now in our current season. It was a sweet moment of looking back to move forward. I don't know if God is done teaching me new perspective from those broken places that he's rebuilding yet, but it wasn't until I chose to share my story with a praying friend that that I opened the door to receive more instruction from God and also encouraged that friend in her need. All that to say, please share your God stories, friends. They may not seem amazing or finished yet, but someone needs to hear it because they are right in the middle of asking God where He is in all of this. Your story just might be the catalyst for breaking and uh, breakthrough victory in someone else's journey. Having a great night. Have a great night, friends. I look forward to hearing many more stories here soon. Revelation twelve eleven and Isaiah sixty one three. You know, we talk about sharing your story all the time, and mm-hmm. it is important, and this is just another example of a time mm-hmm. where somebody shares their story, somebody needed to hear it, and it had an impact on somebody's life.
0: Well, and we talk about all the time how you can read a verse of Scripture 27 times, and the 28th, it'll mean something different. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it's just another example of of the word is living. Uh, it means something different every time we read it, and, and God knows where we are in our journey. and. He'll speak to us in a different way. It can be the scripture. It can be a sermon. It can be hearing a story from a friend. Yeah, You hear it that third time, and it means something completely different. Yep.
1: Yeah, and sometimes sharing your story is – sometimes it, it means something to someone else, and the reason why you're sharing that story is for someone else. And sometimes it's therapeutic for you mm-hmm. just to get those words out. And in this case, it was both, actually, in this mm-hmm. case. And, uh, and that's what's so cool about sharing our stories, and that's why God wants us to share
0: our story. Well, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, many times my wife knows this about me and she'll pull it out of me, but, you know, you can be having a a rotten day, but all you need to do is talk about it. You know, you need to get it out and and share what's going on. And like you said, that's therapeutic. And uh, my wife knows she can see it in me sometimes and she'll be, you know, let's go for a walk. Let's, let's talk. And I get it out and I feel, I feel better after. And Mm so,
1: Yeah. Yeah, good word good point so if you're out there and you haven't shared your story with us yet you need to do that you need to share your story because somebody out there probably needs to hear it and it may be great to get that out on paper and help you feel a little bit better about Mm -hmm. where you are in life right now so check it out go to the run for god page and share your story there uh we had a trivia question for last last week and Oh, my goodness. I, I just love this I'm story.
0: betting HR knows some of these names. Uh, I bet he does, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know. I, I, I may know one of them, but I, I, do, I really didn't know these.
1: <laughs> this was the question. The 1982 Boston Marathon was special. So special, it has a special name. What do people call the 1982 Boston Marathon? Why is it called that? And who were the two people involved in the main storyline? Well, Well, the, the race was called the Duel in the Sun. Uh, did you
0: know about this, H.R.? I did
1: not. You no, didn't? I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And the reason it was called the Duel of the Sun, it was a really hot day that day in Boston. If you've ever run the Boston Marathon, I've run the Boston Marathon when it's brutally cold and really hot, 87 degrees to, I don't know, 30s, maybe even in the 20s. So you, you never know what the weather's going to be like at Boston uh, on that day. But on this day, it was, it was really warm. And Alberto Salazar – and dick beardsley basically ran in each other's pockets for the entire race at the end i think it was two seconds that separated them Mm. and there was another there was a pack of runners including uh boston billy Billy, bill bill rogers who was uh, a huge huge fixture at the boston marathon had won it four times Mm. and uh, was a great runner he was in that that group along with some other fantastic runners some olympians and those two guys kind of ran away from every, each other and it was just like neither one of them was going to give an inch and they just kept going they kept running and the, and you're just like somebody's got to break somebody's got to and nobody's breaking and you're like man and they're coming down those last stretches and back then in the Boston Marathon now that they, they have barriers up and they keep people off the sides of the streets and the sidewalks and stuff but back then they didn't do that people were on the streets, um, like right in on them. Like, like the Tour de France, like yeah. you say, the Tour de France. Yeah, so. the
2: Tour de France. You That's see those the way pe- through.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, I think it just added to the excitement and the drama of the moment. And, uh, and then just, you know, Salazar, he was known to just bury himself in races, so much so that in, I think it was the Falmouth Road Race one year, that they actually had to pack him in ice after the race <laughs> because he ran so hard that his temperature just shot up to like 108 degrees, mm. and they were afraid he was going to die. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, we say you can't run hard enough to where you run till you die. He got close. Um, That was was a guy who just, you know, he did crazy stuff in training. He did, and and of course, it all bled over into his coaching when he started, when he became a coach. He did some questionable things, but all those questionable things were just trying to find that edge, just like he did when he was an athlete. Somebody told a story one time of Salazar running. They they met him at the University of Oregon. He was running the opposite direction, and he had on this big headgear, completely covering his head. And what he was trying to do is simulate altitude training there <laughs> i mean that's that's how crazy he was is that he would do anything to try to make himself better and so uh um, he was he was a hard runner well uh,
0: hr but, are you familiar with salazar, uh, Alberto salazar? I,
2: I, I was not uh, yeah uh, I, I heard the heard the name but i wasn't familiar with all of what dean is telling right now yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing yeah, yeah. he's full of a lot, bill rogers a lot of and some of those guys i've heard many times but uh but, uh, yeah, this guy here. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, obviously, Dick Beardsley was there to run hard as well in yeah, this case. Right. And uh, there's a book out called Duel in the Sun. And I recommend that book highly to anybody because it's more than just about the race. It is. It does kind of chronicle the entire race. But as they're telling the story of the race, they're also telling the story of how Salazar and Beardsley, from that point forward, their ent- their whole lives were changed in that mm-hmm. day. Uh, neither one of them ever ran a race anything like that ever again. Neither one of them ever ran really super well again. It was crazy. Uh, Salazar wound up um, with, with problems, with, um, uh, with with some heart problems and other things that caused some physical ailments with him. And then Beardsley wound up addicted to painkillers. He had a uh, mm-hmm. an accident on a tractor, of all mm-hmm. things. And... Um, wound up addicted to painkillers, and he tells he's very, very open and frank about that story yeah. in the book, and it's a uh, it's a great story. So uh, hmm. yeah, ch- check out uh, Duel in the Sun. It's it's a really good book, and and chronicles all of that stuff, and you get to, uh, you get to really understand that running is more than just running. That the fact those guys were able to push themselves <laughs> like they did really was something that was inside of them that they were they were different than everybody Mm -hmm. else and that's why they were able to do that so i remember i got to see uh, dick beardsley talk about this race um, and and his addiction issues um, many years later after he was recovered um, in chattanooga he was in chattanooga chattanooga track club uh, banquet oh really and uh yeah and it's he's he's a good good man good guy a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about alberto salazar because you know, he's been banned from the sport from coaching yeah um for it's, some questionable things that he it's did. amazing
2: how it affected
1: his health like that though yeah because they put out like they did. yeah it Boys. is, it is. but it, it it is it is what it is and but the duel in the sun was was one of the most famous races of all time
0: yeah, yeah. all right so starting this week we're going to start uh challenging everyone in this program to take a step outside their comfort zone Uh, April the 3rd, we are starting the 5K Challenge, the virtual 5K Challenge. So you can join us from anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. uh, You can join us for the 5K Challenge. So maybe, maybe you didn't want to sign up for the Marathon Challenge this past January. Maybe that was a little bit too much for you. But you want to get involved. You want to maybe run your first race, maybe run your first race in many, many years. We're starting the 5K Challenge on April 3rd. But there's another group of people we're talking to. Those of you who out there who have run or maybe God's been laid it on your heart to become a coach and instructor, we're going to start challenging you for the next three weeks to become a coach in your local community and coach the 5K Challenge <laughs> right along with us starting April the 3rd. Now, we've changed things quite a bit, Dean. We've we've kind of picked up a lot of the heavy lifting. You, if you may be out there saying, well, I'm not a teacher. Well, you don't have to be at this point. Uh, we've made it now with the the run club and the videos where you just you have everybody over to your house, you have everybody over to your church, wherever you want to host the class, and you simply hit play, mm-hmm. and you get to listen to Dean and I banter back and forth about the sport of running, and we do the teaching for you. Really, what you're there for is to encourage, motivate, be somebody, be a be a, a physical person for for your your community. That they can train alongside you you can change people's lives you know we say it all the time it doesn't matter if you're taking the class or if you're teaching the class it's going to change your life so we're throwing the challenge out there to everybody listen to this become a coach become a coach and start leading the 5k challenge with us starting april the 3rd you can go to runforgod.com click on the upcoming challenges click on the 5k challenge starting april the 3rd and we've got all the information you could ever want Right there at your fingertips. That's right. And listen, if you if you're thinking, well,
1: now JR's, uh, Jr. Jr. <laughs> That's fine, <dude. laughs> HR's only said a few words. Well, I promise you, we're gonna this get, ain't get, Dallas, We're man. gonna get to the story. And if you haven't heard the story of of why H R. is here, you are gonna be blown away. So don't go anywhere. We come back, we've got a story, and we're going to get to uh, to this whole thing here shortly. So, in the meantime, check out J Radio, because if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be doing this
0: podcast. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Morning. You. Spend some time studying
1: or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. and We, we mentioned a little while ago sharing your story. We want to hear your story, um, so make sure that if you... Uh, say if you have a story. We all have a story, and if you haven't shared yours yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. You need to go ahead and do that. Go to runforgod.com. And, and go to the bottom and you'll find a place that says submit your story. We've made it easy. We we kind of guide you through that process. Just write your story. We ask for some questions and some scripture, scripture references and it's really, really easy mm-hmm. to do. So so go do that today. And don't forget that on Thursday nights we have a live session every Thursday night where we answer all sorts of questions. If you've got questions, any questions about running at all, we like to try to kind of get down into the nitty gritty and, and answer some sometimes some tough questions sometimes they're easy questions but it's a great discussion we usually have a topic and uh that that topic is is somehow related to running sometimes it may even be just a bible study but but we love to get together on thursday night so make sure that you're tuning in for that so hr we're going to get to that story before long all
2: right um, okay
1: <laughs> but tell us a little bit about who you are you, i know you, you're still active in the church right
2: i am i am a uh, active in the church, and of course. Who I, who I am? I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, by the uh, grace of Jesus Christ Himself that uh, died for me, and I just praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, who I am? I'm a, I'm a person right now. I'll be uh, 76 years old coming up in uh, June, and uh, of course, I'm uh, who I am. I, I married my my sweetheart high school sweetheart we married right after high school we've been married 57 years this august the 5th and uh we have three sons uh we have uh uh, eight grandchildren we have four grandsons and four granddaughters and we have one great grandchild and so that's who i am as far as being a husband a, a dad a grandfather a great grandfather and i also uh i i uh uh, I'm in, active uh, in the uh, church there. Uh, right now I'm a, a, a active deacon there. I was ordained deacon in 1981. And uh, of course I'm active in that and uh, uh we did several things in the church working with family promise when they had that and uh, and all and uh,
1: well i remember being over at the church mitchell and I were up at the church for something else and you were busy like i don't know painting a room or you were you were busy doing something so i know you're you're always doing they've always something. got him doing something that's right yeah.
2: yeah well yeah I do things like that sometimes I, I of course i'm camera shy i don't get around cameras a whole lot and so you can tell that Welcome right to the now
0: podcast.
1: You can,
2: you, yeah you could can, you can tell you can tell that but uh yeah, we we try to do things to help be a be a serve there at the church, and uh, we got a lot of guys that uh, help with carpenter tools and and so yeah. on. And so, yeah, we, we.
1: So tell me this, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I'm fifty six years old. Okay, so. <laughs> You're a couple decades older than me. You look like you're younger than me. I want to know what the secret is. This is, is that true. your right <laughs> connection to God, or what, what is this? Well, I don't know about
2: that. It, uh, like my hair, a lot of times people mention that I have uh, uh, something on my hair, and I say, yeah, it's probably shoe polish. It's not even running down my face. <laughs> but at the same time, it's natural. But, you know, it shows that I haven't got any wisdom and all, if you had wisdom, you'd be gray-headed. That's what the Scripture says, you know. It's gray-headed. You know, it's your wisdom. So I've not got there yet. Oh, uh, we know about anyway. that i heard uh, that one yeah <laughs> oh, that's awesome so, so how long have you known mitchell uh, uh mitchell i uh really i've known him since he was a little bitty guy but so uh, you know but uh matter of fact uh uh know his granddad and his grandmother and uh real super people and uh and of course kathleen when she was just a little kid herself and his mother and uh and so mitchell watched him grow up in the church and and all and uh of course mitchell was uh uh, uh, had him in RAs. It's what we call royal ambassadors back then. Of had course. your hands full, didn't you? Yeah, well, boy, he is around bunch of sky, real nice. Uh, you know, it, full of energy. I don't know what Kathleen fed him, but uh, he was, uh, you know, he he was. I always had energy and real, uh, and uh, the energy uh, comes to a positive thing a lot of times. Yeah. And, but uh, but yeah, Mitchell. Uh, it was it's neat to see Mitchell and uh, what he's become, and uh, and to see him grow up like he has. Amen. I'm I'm amazed at that uh, and, uh, and of course marry a sweet lady Holly and uh have uh, the two boys, Lane and Landon. that's uh it's it's awesome and uh and a, a god godly family that uh thank the world of, and uh, even what he's done run for God and them supporting in that and along with you and Gay and and uh, and all I say, it's just amazing to see. And uh, of course, he's been a pillar in the community uh, around here with development and all that of homes and quiet homes and condos and all. He, he Mitchell has just been a worker. He's uh, he's he's just a, uh, a you good know a little bit of that influence.
1: comes from, <laughs> At least a seat of that influence comes from those RA classes that he attended. Well, I tell you what, young,
2: the, right? the RAs was uh, as as a royal ambassador, I'll do my best to become a well-informed, responsible follower of Christ. Have a Christ-like because concern for, for all all people. All people. Learn how the Christ message of Christ carried around the world. So he had this in him, and he's taken that literally. That that's was right. the
0: one of the uh, the. I'm amazed uh, the that you still remember that R.A. pledge. <laughs> I was trying to pull it back up when you were saying it. That's, you got a good memory. Well, uh, I remember
2: when I was third grade, I was trying to uh, uh, memorize a poem, and my older brother was telling me the. Uh, uh, well, my dad and mom says my brother jr actually he says you need to learn hr that poem before christmas uh, or that uh, you know so anyway my brother got kind of upset at me but i finally learned the poem and i still know it even today my brother can't even quote it but my brother knew it then so anyway once i get it i get it but i'm i'm hard getting it but, you know. <laughs> so you you
1: you've done you've done some running yourself right
2: i have uh i started running actually when i was 40 years old i was already uh, considered being an old man i guess but uh but i was 40 years old and uh we uh had a pastor that came from bellevue baptist church out there with adrian rogers uh he we called him to our church and uh, not adrian rogers but but yet he's he was a he was a, a great guy and uh dan carter actually and uh loved him to death and of course we were we were redoing the parsonage at that time and uh and of course he come and stayed with us lived with us for about three or four weeks while we were doing that and of course every evening he'd like to get out and walk well here i was a guy 168 pounds and my height is five six well it's really five six and a half i gotta throw that <laughs> half in <laughs> i gotta throw that half in when, when you're five six so you can imagine 168 pound at five six and a half i you know so i was a roly-poly so to speak but anyway i got to walking with him got to feeling so much better and all and someone mentioned one day says hey you need to take up running you know and i i can't remember actually who told me that it's someone at work i think it was well anyway i I, I said, well, maybe I can do that. So I started out maybe running a tenth of a mile, two-tenths or whatever, and then I'd stop and breathe and try to get my breath back. And But anyway, I, 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 they said, hey, there's a 5K coming up. and I, I think it was a Shannon Warnick 5K back then, back in 88, 1988. But anyway, I entered that thing, and I, like, 20 seconds went in third place, and, boy, that spurred me on. <laughs> I said, hey. <laughs> so I went from 168 pounds down to 142. I felt better in my clothes. I, I I said, hey, I even look a little better, you know, and I, I mean, it just, it just fit better and it gave me more confidence and all that. And so it
1: started from there. Yeah, well, yeah. that's awesome. So you understood Mitchell's kind of, his obsession with running. We're not gonna talk about those words because we're gonna mm-hmm. share that whole story here in a little bit, but yeah. the day that you shared those words with Mitchell having watched him grow, grow up and, and, and knowing him as well as you did, they weren't easy words to say, were they, that day?
2: Well, Dean, no, they were not, but at the same time, they they were. Uh, I mean, I had to tell him. I had to tell him. The Spirit was leading me to tell him. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, That's a good way to put it. They weren't, but they were. That's right. Yes, yes, and no. Yes, sir. Good way to put it. Well, we're going to share that story here shortly. And if you don't know the role, that HR played in helping to form run for God. You you you're in for a treat when you hear that story. But first we're going to share this week's story. Um this week's and this week's story. Oh, this mm. is really good. This is really good. I
0: sent Carrie mm. a message last no. night after reading this. Did this you? This was um this really? is a good one. Yeah. So now, HR, you can chime in anytime
1: as we talk about this, okay. just, just like yeah. always. But...
0: Just interrupt us. You yeah. Because okay. we get on a roll sometimes. <laughs> well, you're fine.
1: <laughs> so the story this week is from Carrie Littleton. I think she's from Delaware. Um, and I'm going to put in a disclaimer right now uh, get your tissues ready if you don't have them mm-hmm. handy right now, because this is, this is a good story. So this one is called More Than a Marathon. It was just over a year ago when I found myself scrolling through Facebook in the middle of the night when a run for God ad ended up in my newsfeed. That night, like so many others, I had left my sleeping husband in bed and was wide awake, overwhelmed and stressed out about what my day to day life had become. I had recently started walking and then running with my best friend Megan as an effort to reduce some anxiety. I was very overweight. I dreaded going to work each day, and our adopted daughter, who suffers from reactive attachment disorder, was spiraling downward and tearing us apart. I had three biological children at home that needed me as well. Megan and I spent a lot of our walks and runs talking, encouraging one another, and building a special friendship. Megan has run for years, completing several half-marathons, but I had only run a few 5Ks about seven or eight years prior. We had recently completed a virtual 5K with some co-workers and were starting to set some new goals together, including coaching a group of elementary school girls through their first 5K. The Couch to Marathon Challenge caught my eye in those early morning hours. I watched the intro video and was sold. I signed up for the club that night but told myself I could never run a marathon and I would just try to make it to the half. I joined the Facebook group and would just watch. I could already run a 5K and had started to work on the 10K, so I had planned to wait for the club to catch up to me and maybe make it to the half marathon. In April, as the 5K in Dalton approached, I decided at the last minute it would be a great time to check the Run the Run For God people out. I headed down to Dalton, Georgia with my, with two of my children to the Run For God 5K. <clears throat> my husband chose to stay home with our adopted daughter and one of our sons. I pretty much decided That this race would determine my future in running with the group, and maybe even if I continued to run at all. Megan was now celebrating a pregnancy, so her running was slowing down, and even though we were still running together regularly, I knew she would need to stop before long. The Run For God 5K was amazing. I had never felt so encouraged or welcomed. Everyone wanted to know where we were from and how we ended up there. We had the opportunity to participate in the dinner and the time of worship later that evening. My kids enjoyed the race and dinner as well. My son even took second place in his age group. I was hooked and felt as though God wanted me to join this marathon journey. I came home telling my husband and best friend that I was going to run the marathon in Disney with the group. I think they both thought I was crazy. My husband actually said he didn't think I could do it. I convinced him that I was in the same place as everyone else and that Run For God was going to do this together. I think he was skeptical, but he decided to support my efforts. I, drove into, I dove into the program following the workouts, catching the Facebook Lives on Thursday night, and watching the recorded videos. Some days were easy and others were a lot more difficult. I found I didn't really enjoy the speed work, but didn't mind the long runs. It gave me the opportunity to pray and spend more time alone with god i listened to praise and worship music on all my solo runs my family got behind me in my training my husband would often come out looking for me on foot or in the car my boys would run a mile at the beginning or at the end of the workout with me and my oldest daughter took it upon herself to prepare me amazing nutritious meals Things were going pretty well with running as I finished that half marathon in October. Things at home, they weren't going as well. Our 10-year-old adopted daughter was still getting sicker and sicker. By November, we had had to make several phone calls to our local crisis center and had found ourselves waiting for a bed in an emergency mental health treatment center. This is where God started to reveal why he had me on this journey. Endurance is such an important word in distance running. Hebrews twelve one through two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This verse was read so many times in the last year during the Run For God training. I began to realize that the same endurance I needed for running, the same commitment I needed to finish the marathon, was the same endurance I needed with my daughter. I needed the same faith. I wanted to quit. The last 12 weeks of training were so hard. I spent my time arguing with mental health professionals advocating for our daughter when it comes to medical fu- Medicaid funding, talking to teachers and school professionals. Running was becoming harder and harder to get in because I was so mentally exhausted. I wanted to give up running and I wanted to give up with my daughter. And I mean that. I wanted to literally run away from being her mother and give up my rights. But God wouldn't let me. He called me to this club, to this race, but more importantly, to be my adopted daughter's mother. One day I had reached out to my best friend, Megan, who now has the most beautiful baby girl, and told her that I had quit a mile into an eight-mile run. Megan showed up at my door that night with a light on her hat, and we finished that run in the dark together. She listened to me cry, and she showed God's love for me as we finished together. My husband, who had originally doubted my ability, decided I needed a treadmill to help get those longer runs in on colder days. I had no excuses about being lonely or cold when a a treadmill placed in the middle of our living room so he could sit next to me during my long runs. My daughter started watching movies with me as I ran as well. God was sending a tiny army to carry me through the training. On Christmas Day, I finished my 20-mile run, the last long run of training. By this time, our daughter had been in inpatient psychiatric care for about a month. We also knew that our daughter would not be coming home, but we would be transitioning into long-term residential treatment out of state. In a few weeks, I would be headed to the Disney Marathon with my husband, three biological children, my best friend Megan, and her family, but my adopted daughter would not be there. So many mixed emotions filled my mind and my heart. As the the race started, I couldn't help thinking about my adopted daughter. I spent a good portion of the race praying for her, praying she would heal, praying she would be able to accept our love for her, and praying my heart would soften to her. I knew that my training in the last few months was not as consistent as I wanted it to be. I had gotten in the long runs, but my shorter runs were often skipped out of pure mental exhaustion. I began to pray that God would give me energy and start to carry me through this race. I saw several Run for God runners proudly wearing their shirts. I would manage to get a mile or two in with them before we would get separated. About halfway through the race, I had messaged my friend and told her I was starting to get tired. Runners were more spread out then, and fatigue of the early start and mileage was setting in. I stopped to go to the bathroom and was praying that God would give me a boost. As I walked out of the porter potty the 645 pacing group was right in front of me. Wow, God answered that prayer quickly. I was able to stay with that pacing group for more than a few miles. At mile 22, I hit a wall and started to walk. I messaged Megan again, and she continued to encourage me. She knew what to say to keep me going. But at mile 25, I cramped up. I had the most horrible cramp in my hamstring. I had never had a cramp like that before. My leg locked, locked up and I could not straighten it. I ended up sitting on the ground and, and messaging Morgan, uh, Megan to pray for me. I was less than a mile away and for a brief moment I thought I wasn't going to finish. But a peace soon came over me. I stretched out my leg, ate the energy gummies they had passed out earlier in the race and slowly stood back up. I started off slowly but built up speed to a comfortable walk and then a brisk walk. By the time I got to the finish line, I was able to jog again, and I crossed the finish line by the grace of God and only by leaning on Him and trusting. In those last few miles as I struggled, I kept thinking about my daughter in home, at home in care. Life with her had been so hard. Reactive attachment disorder has, has changed the way our family lives life. Our daughter's battles have gone on for so long and we're just now entering a new phase of treatment that will require so much energy, strength and endurance. All of those things that God equipped me with for this marathon challenge will be required of me in parenting my daughter in her journey to health. I needed to finish that race and I need to see my daughter through her mental health battles. God called me to the challenge. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God's timing is perfect. He knew when I found that first ad in the middle of the night on Facebook that I would be running a marathon while my daughter was in psychiatric care a year later. He knew I would need to be reminded that he has a plan for our family, for my daughter and for me. God knew I needed to learn more about endurance and his faithfulness. He knew I needed an army to walk through these challenges with me. He has been, and will be faithful, and will equip me to endure the challenges ahead.
0: Like I said, I sent Carrie a message last night, and I mean, that's, that's one of the more powerful stories we've had in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Just the parallels of everything that she dealt with in running. We say it all the time. Yeah, the disciplines you learn from this sport—it's not about running. It's not about running. It, it bleeds over into every area of your life, and it's just a really cool thing to see that she's pulling on all that experience from the past year to do what she's going to need to do for the yeah. next year of her life, whether running's involved or not this next year. Which I think it is. She—I think she texted yeah. me something last night to the fact that she's still at it. Yeah. Um, but that. I mean, that's what this club's about.
1: Yeah. And I see this firsthand. My son and his wife have a, and, and actually she's not been legally adopted at this point. She's actually a foster child right now. She's been in 10 different homes in seven years. And uh, she has, she's a challenge. She's a, a big challenge to work with. And that's why she's been in so many homes. And my son called me this week. And uh, he was just kind of at the end of it. Mm-hmm. and you know just where he, he didn't know what else to do and it was getting really really hard for him and it's amazing how God will give you these words and, and give you these things he felt so much better when we got off the phone and the one thing that I told him I think that really struck a chord with him I said listen 20 years from now this girl's gonna look back at the, these moments mm-hmm. that you're having right now and she's gonna be so thankful that you were there for her and mm-hmm. and I, you know it's it's endurance. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that Carrie's talking about. You've got to have the endurance to deal with. And it, we're talking about children here, but it goes to everything we have in be life. be your job. I was talking to a, yeah, a friend of mine last night who was talking about how his job is becoming really, really difficult for him because of some relationships in that job. And he's a good good God-fearing man. And, and I know that he's shining Jesus' light in, in that workplace, or he's trying to. All the t- all the while, he's got somebody that's just trying to put it out all the time, and, it, mm-hmm. and you need some endurance to deal with that, mm-hmm. for
2: sure. Yep. You know, it's amazing that Carrie right here too, though, in all those troubles and trials she's going through right there, and actually trying to do that marathon. It's amazing to me though that uh, she learned also, and she's learning, and we're all still learning mm-hmm. that uh, to trust God and and read His Word and stay in His Word. And, and, and applying that to her life and how God had give her the strength to go ahead and do that but yet showed her you know that uh, to, to, to be, in, be, be in her in his word and uh, yeah. it, it's just amazing you know yeah. that, uh, the way God works Is we don't know what people go through in, in life but her situation that went out to me too Real, me and my wife read that and boy we just kind of wept a little bit right there at Carrie boy. we just don't know what people go through sometimes
1: that's right that's right, but God and we're walking knows. by those people yeah. all the time, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scripture passage Hebrews uh, thirteen twenty one. Uh, Equip you with every good, with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, Amen. And then she follows that up with, He provided me what I needed. To complete the marathon through the Run for God podcasts and classes, through family and friends that supported me, he will equip me with parenting my adopted daughter as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I that's, mean, yeah. go ahead, HR. no
2: no, that's, I, I'm
0: not Korean. Right? Well, I mean, just my Did my my comment on that is is what what we're doing or what we're attempting to do here is is counter to what the world says. You know, yeah. we're we're yes, we're running here. But this is sitting about running. No. Um, I mean, the world would say, give up. The world says, give up on your running. If it's hard, give up. If it's hard, don't do it. But that's, that's not biblical. I mean, all we got to do is look at the life of Paul and everything that he went through. And, I mean, God calls us to keep going through adversity, through hardships, through persecution, and we can learn just a little bit of that through the sport of running and that's that's what's so cool about about this club and 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 carrie gets it i mean yes she learned to run but she learned a lot about parenting through this process many people learn to run and they learn about their career or their marriage or their kids or so many things that you learn from from these simple principles that we try to teach that the world says are are outdated that's if it's hard, give up. If it, if your job's hard, find a different one. If your church isn't suiting your needs, go find another one.
1: No. And it, oftentimes, we, we go through these things like Carrie has here, and then we don't draw that connection. You know, we, we go through that hard thing, we get through that hard thing, we're like, man, glad I got through that, when there's a lesson in it. And, and that's what's so beautiful about this is she's connecting that lesson. She's going, God gave me this hardship to endure the next hardship, mm-hmm. and so many times we, like the Israelites, we, we forget to look back at, at, at all the great things God has done for us and, and, and the ways that he's equipped and prepared us, and and that's it's a shame when we do that. It's so refreshing to see Carrie draw those things together and, and, and make those connections. Mm-hmm. Another scripture for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future of course that's Jeremiah 29:11 and she says God is in all the details his plans are perfect and are not mistakes again mm-hmm. great observation right yeah
0: yeah i mean I, I, you know it's, it's kind of like this ministry do you, do you think if so many times God doesn't give us all he doesn't he doesn't give us the big picture he gives us this thing that's right in front of us. Many times we want that big picture, but you know, what if God would have said last January, Carrie had it in her mind she was just doing the half marathon? Well, God knew he didn't need to show her the big picture. You know, he knew all along she mm-hmm. was gonna run a marathon and this was gonna tie to her parenting and it was gonna help her to get through the next twenty-four months of her life. But he just said, Let let's let's join this club and let's do the half marathon. It's it's kind of that you know, not that God baits us, but God pulls us along into areas where, you know, he's pulling us a little outside our comfort zone, but he's not yanking us outside our comfort zone. And it's just like this ministry. Had I known what we're doing here today, I would have took H.R. seven words and I would have said, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's right. But he he gave me 12 T-shirts Yeah. and then one class. Yeah. And But he never, and I, I'm convinced that, I'm convinced we still don't know what the big picture of this ministry is. Um, I think people right. ask our goals all the time and I say I don't have goals for this ministry I never thought we would be where we're at today yeah and if if I put goals on this ministry all I'm doing is putting God in a box that's right um, because he's far exceeded everything I could have ever imagined thus far
1: yeah what here's what I think is so awesome is God knew God knew we God knew we were gonna be here right now I mean he knew this like forever ago right you knew we would be sitting around this table right now having this conversation think about this the marathon is, is a challenge right for anybody that undertakes a marathon <laughs> it's it's a big challenge and so many of these folks that we've talked to carrie's you know it's huge huge accomplishment for her think about how god knew when Phidippides ran and to bring that message of victory to athens thousands of years ago yeah. he knew that that would spark something that eventually people would use for their faith life that's how incredible god is is that he knew that that long ago isn't that crazy to yeah. think that yeah i love yeah, that thought he,
2: just like i said well, he knew this for even when he was in her mother's womb and so anyway that that uh, what got me about carrie too I, I could relate to her the first marathon i'd ever run of course was rocket city marathon from alabama and uh i seen the finish line but i didn't know if i was going to get there or not You know, i mean it was the first one i'd ever run of course uh, training for that thing the most mileage i ever run was 16 mile and i do that every uh sunday maybe sunday afternoon after church and i uh, i do my 16 mile and my my youngest son of course he was had taken up running too and of course uh, he, he said, that I don't say you do it. You need to be doing 20, 21 mile and all that, you know. But I would do 16, but I guess I'd go on the adrenaline with everybody out there with me, you know. Mm-hmm. But I could relate to Carrie right there, even seeing that finish line
1: and not knowing whether she's going to make it or not. But Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard the story of my first marathon. No. But my first marathon, I had no idea what I was doing, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 got, I got into this marathon, and I had run a 20 miler before then. Mm. I had never taken a drink on a run in my life. Not the first sip of water during a run ever in my life. Well, I didn't see any reason to change that. The marathon, <laughs> well, you can imagine how that went over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hurt so bad that last ten. I was I was leading the race halfway through, and oh, I was man. still in like second place at twenty miles. Oh, my. I wound up finishing fifth <laughs> and walking almost the entire last ten k because it hurt so bad I couldn't run at all. And I could see the finish line. The finish line was in sight. I could yeah. see it, and I couldn't muster up the energy. To jog to the to the finish line, <laughs> that's how bad I hurt. So I'm with you. Um, well, yeah, we've all had some obstacles, and and I think that you know God knows that there's value in overcoming those obstacles. So you probably never had any obstacles, have you?
2: I have, and <laughs> a matter of fact, I wrote down here, We've all had obstacles in our lives, some greater than others, and, you know it's all relative. But but we've all all had some obstacles, and uh, of course. Uh, I go back to the footprints in the sand mm-hmm. when we have these obstacles like Carrie. you know she, if she'd have been looking at those footprints, she'd have probably seen four, you know? mm-hmm. and then and then she's seen two, and she thought maybe God left her, but God was carrying her at that time. and of course, I, I have to always go back to that,
1: yeah, you know what a great I, illustration. He's,
2: you know he's, <laughs> He loves us and he cares for us, mm-hmm. you know yeah. and so he'll carry us through these things. We're not promised a lot here. On this earth, you know, we're not actually even part of it, you know. But we're promised an eternal home with Him in heaven. But He loves us, and He knows what to go through, and he, he wants to be with us through our good times and our bad times. Amen.
0: What Amen. is it? What is it? You always say, Dean. If if you don't have the bad days, you don't have anything to compare the good ones to. That's right. And yeah. uh, we've yeah. we we have to go through the bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, the sooner we can understand, I mean, we've talked about it before. You know, we 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 understand this. Yeah. in the sport of running HR. We understand that doing that hard track workout mm-hmm. yeah. is hard <laughs> and it hurts and I despise track workouts <laughs> but I know it's making me a better runner. Yeah. If we could just connect that to our walk with Christ and understand it's the same thing, Christ mm-hmm. will let us go through hard things. He will He will let us go through things that we just don't want to go to mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to make us a better follower of Christ. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so many times we can't put those two things together, but they're exactly the same. They it's are. the exact same principle. Mm-hmm. But one, we get it so many times, and one, for whatever reason, we forget. Yeah, And we mm-hmm. bellyache and we complain and we say, why God and woe is me. But if we can look at it like Paul looked at it, mm-hmm. sitting in prison and say, I count it all joy. Yeah. If we can get that attitude, it, it changes our whole perspective
2: That's whatever state i'm in there to be content exactly exactly, yeah. exactly. Amazing.
1: hebrews 12 1 through 2 She follows that with the endurance for the marathon mirrors the endurance we need uh, in our faith and the endurance my family and I need as we are called to other challenges, especially loving our daughter through reactive attachment disorder. I don't know much. I don't, uh, I say I don't know much. I don't know anything about re- reactive attachment disorder, um, but it sounds like it's one of those things that that's just makes relationships really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, K- Carrie's kind of living out Hebrews 12, isn't she? Mm-hmm, I mean, that's exactly is. what she's doing. She's looking at the examples around her. Um, she's pulling those in, and then she's she's taking all of those things that could become weights and could be could cause her to go in directions she doesn't need to go. She's laying those aside, mm-hmm. and she's, she's focused and, and going in the right place, and she's looking in the right place for that sure. inspiration that she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way she puts it. Mm-hmm. We are called— two Challenges. Um, and I mean, and that makes it clear. You know, it, we're, I, I couldn't help but when it says that, you know, Jesus, the founder and of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy, it was joy for him to give his life for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that recognition from, from her is, is just, it's really special.
2: Well said. But at the same time, he said he wouldn't leave us comfortless. When he went into, to heaven and sat at the right hand of Almighty God, he said, I won't leave you comfortless." He sent the Spirit to dwell mm-hmm. in us. And that's what Carrie is doing here. She's got that Spirit in mm-hmm. her, and she's able to accept what's going on here now. Of course, it's been hard for her, and it will be hard. I mean, we'll have hard times, but if we allow the Spirit to work in us you know, and give us that comfort, because he told us he wouldn't leave mm-hmm. us comfortless, and he didn't. That's right. And so we accepted him as Lord and Savior. Got get it. Praise the Lord for that.
1: Amen. Well, and Carrie, you know Carrie's way outside her comfort zone, mm-hmm. you can tell in the stuff yeah. that she's having to deal with here. But you know what she's done by going outside of her comfort zone and finding some some joy and some examples in that is she's expanded. She's
0: reset her comfort zone. That's
1: right. Her comfort zone is now larger. and and that's kind of what that's what endurance sports do for us right it it, it enlarges there are people who have a really difficult time finishing a 5k Mm -hmm. and eventually run a marathon Mm -hmm. it's happened over and over again
0: (laughs) Well, we talk about it all the time and I mean we just recorded a a 5k challenge video before starting this podcast and you know people come up to us a lot people come up to other coaches in this program and they say when's this program going to get easier talking about the mm-hmm. the 5k challenge i'll never forget you hr knows denise denise Ziegler i'll never mm-hmm. forget in my yeah. very first class yeah. she came up and she said mitchell when is when is running going to get easier you know her personality oh, yeah, I do. Uh, when yeah. is running going to get easier and i said well i said it has gotten easier well, i don't think it has she told me <laughs> i said well look back to week one i said if i ask you to go out right now and run 60 seconds this is like week eight when we were talking right. i said mm-hmm would 60 seconds be easier? She said, yeah, that would be no problem. I said, yeah. then running 60 seconds has gotten easier. Now, she didn't like that answer. <laughs> she wanted to run tomorrow to get easier, but but that's the point. It's, it's exactly what you just said, is when we step outside our comfort zone and we do what God's calling us to do there, I mean, Scripture's clear. God to give us more. That's right. What what he asked us to do today will be well inside our comfort zone tomorrow, Yep. but tomorrow there will be something new. That he's asking us to step even further out. And before you know it, we've got this comfort zone that used to be, you know, as as small as a quarter, and, and now it's as big as a football field. You know, mm-hmm. by the time we're however old, if if we keep stepping out and doing things for God, He will expand that, and we can make an impact that way. Amen. That's right.
1: Yeah. Here's a question: What challenges has God placed before you that require endurance, other than running? You know, for me, it's patience. I've got no patience. I just...
0: Especially when it comes to electronics. I guess
1: we all struggle with that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I I just... I get so frustrated so fast. I go from zero to 100 so fast. And I've gotten better at it. God has done a miraculous work at making me better at it, but I still...
0: You still got a lot. We were setting up in here, HR an hour ago before you got here we were setting okay. up and we got a new recorder box whatever you call it over there it's brand yeah. new okay. and dean plugged it in and immediately he said it's not working <laughs> it's not working and within three minutes he had it figured out but immediately yeah. he patients were yeah. flying out the window yeah. all of a sudden so
2: i'll tell you what talking about patients like it don't talk to my wife about me but my patients i tell you <laughs> uh I, I always tell people that the good lord's got a trophy for my wife putting up me all these years i tell you she's uh you know so patience is one of mine also dean i tell you a, uh, uh, but but again but, we but how do we get better at that well again we just need to you know sometimes i say hey we need a, a button good lord should have put a button on there we get wound up real tight we need to be able to match that button <laughs> And just like a window shade, you know, just unwind, you know. But yet, it it, it don't happen. But yet, he still put the Holy Spirit in us. We need to listen Mm -hmm. to the Spirit. Yep. You know, know,
1: and practice, uh, uh, you know. Which is why this morning. Stay focused. The incident that Mitchell is talking about this morning was way calmer than it was the last time you saw me get worked up
0: yeah you didn't you didn't do that's your right. fist in the air and that's start right. shaking like I've that's seen exactly you right. so
2: you're so, trying to put effort toward it that's so, what we've got to do we yeah. got to put effort toward it
1: and that's the point is that this whole thing we're talking about endurance right and talking about marathons and things God doesn't just can God could God take that, that patience issue away from me just like that absolutely he could But that ain't the way it works, because he wants me to do my part to get better at it, and he's going to help me, and he does, and I am better at it.
2: Dean, we're still in the flesh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, But but yet we still got the spirit. So you're either in you're in the spirit. Also, you have the spirit in you. The spirit, of course, the flesh reaps corruption. The Mm -hmm. spirit reaps reaps life everlasting. Amen. And so you know we we have those, and so we war between the two. One day we'll be like Christ. Mm -hmm. That's right. But until then, we still need to listen to the Spirit and work on it and try to, you know, that patience will come.
1: Yep.
0: Listen to the Spirit and our spouses. That's
2: right.
0: (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) Uh,
1: Here's another question. How has God equipped you in the past to get through things that seemed impossible?
0: I think, I've mentioned this a while ago, I think many times it's ignorance. God doesn't show us the big picture mm. even though we want to see the big picture you know Carrie she, she, when she signed up to start Run for God last year she thought she was running a half marathon God knew she was running a marathon when when God laid it on my heart to to go get 12 t-shirts printed I had no idea what lay in store mm-hmm. um, I think for me many times for me it's it's ignorance even though I want to see the big picture God knows that's that's not right that that'll scare me off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have a little different take on this question because I have a hard time with the word impossible. My my mother, when I was a kid, drilled in my head, "You can do anything," mm-hmm. and I believed her. Mm-hmm. And so I have a hard time with the word impossible because I feel like there's there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And, and for that matter, you're that way a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things where you you know we look at it and we go, Ooh, "That looks really hard." But let's take a step back.
0: Let's the best way to back. get me to do something and, is to tell me I can't do you're it. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And you've done that to me a number <laughs> yeah. of times. So
2: uh. I, see, I see just like you're talking right there about uh, just like uh, uh, Carrie's situation. Uh, God sends sometimes people along to encourage you. And, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you guys encourage one another in this in this run for God and uh, and uh, working along side by side. And, uh, but, like, you know, Carrie sent Megan, mm-hmm. you know, Along mm-hmm. to him. give her encouragement. She's that's right. To to
1: so sometimes Megan it, and her it, husband and her kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah. Just yeah, there yeah. were so much. Mm-hmm. So he sends people to us a lot of times to bring encouragement to us mm-hmm. yeah. If if we're if we're smart enough to look around us and realize that's why <laughs> yeah. they're there, right? Right. Yeah, Some right. of them, we yeah. get so thick headed sometimes yeah. we we miss the, the, the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Last question. Has there been a time in your life where you could look back and say, surely God planned this out for me? (laughs) My goodness. Well, hopefully we can all look back at that. Obviously, just the fact I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I worked in a a particular industry for 25 years. I never, ever thought I'd be doing anything other than that until I retired because Mm -hmm. it's what I did. It's kind of who I was. And, you know, now I'm doing something just – I mean, what what we do with run for God is nowhere near <laughs> what I was doing in in the job I was doing then. But God knew it, and um, it, it's it only happened because of God. I mean, it's clear; that his fingerprints are all over it. Yeah,
0: right? mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, we talked about on I think it was it a couple weeks ago the the podcast. So many times we don't. Allow God's plan to evolve in our life you know we, yeah. we go into something you know you could have you could have had your your life's work set you could have had your blinders on and you said I'm staying in this industry for the rest of my life but you allowed sometimes we got to allow these doors to open and we got to see these doors open that God's, mm-hmm. God will open for us many times but you know we, we were put in the context of a race I think we were actually talking about Lane's race where you know he had this idea in his head of how this race was going to go but he left the door open for it to go better and that's what we've got to do so many times we you need to have a plan you need to have goals but you need to have doors open along the way where you can see what God's doing but so many times we get we put those blinders like a horse has on and and we just stay focused on what we're doing and, and many times we'll miss God and what he's doing and the people he's putting in our lives and the opportunities he's given us because we've got our head down yeah that's
2: right well, Mitchell I see that in you really though the way the successful businessman that you have been but yet Uh, not content with that and being able to start run for God. It's amazing. Mm, It's amazing.
1: Well, um, of course, one other thing that God's hand was was clearly on were the seven words that launched this ministry. Mm -hmm. And what were those words? Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about that story and about how Run for God got started because the Holy Spirit put a conviction in one man who had something to say.
0: While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlists at jradio.com and in the J Radio app.
1: All right, we are back, and listen. This week, we are going to skip Dean's thoughts, which I know there's a bunch of folks out there going, "Man, that's awesome." <laughs> we don't have to listen to Dean's what's in Dean's brain this week. Uh, but no, we, we're we're going to talk with HR a little bit more about what what we've what we've how this whole thing got started so i think maybe the best way to do this is for mitchell for you kind of tell the story from your perspective so i think it's important to get your perspective and then we'll talk more about with hr
0: yeah i mean so most people know that um i guess in my my i'm having to do the math here I'm, i'm getting old in my in my late 20s i didn't start running until i was in my late 20s uh, a lot of people think I ran in high school and I I, I ran track in middle school, but I was terrible at it. And, and I'm not that great of a runner today, but I got into running in my 20s. Uh, and it kind of started as a dare from some of my buddies. We all dared each other to run the Peachtree Road Race. None of us had a clue what we were doing. There was no run for God. We didn't Google training plans. We just figured it out, which is not the best way to do it. Um, so... We all went down and ran the Peachtree Road Race. I think it was in two thousand and I wanna say it was in two thousand six. I have to check my dates. Anyway, we all went down there and ran. None of us knew what we were doing. We were all dying by three miles into a six mile run. Uh but it was crazy. The Peachtree Road race, if you've ever ran it, it's just it's like a big party. And yeah. so we got through it and you know, some of the guys they never ran again. Um and then some of us kind of caught a glimpse of hey I really like this and I was one of those so um I started running and and after that I started signing up for all different races and just I wasn't that good at it but I just really enjoyed it it was it was a stress reliever yeah hooked on it didn't you it got got hooked <laughs> and uh, I started signing up for races and it seems like I was running 15 20 races a year and uh then I got into the sport of triathlon. I thought, well, that looks fun. So let's let's try that too. So I bought a bike and started swimming and and doing triathlons and got into Ironman and um I just really liked the endurance side, the you know, you 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 hear a runners high. Well, it's a mm. real thing. I mean, mm. it really is. It's it's mm. it's that rush you get of doing something you didn't think you could do. And uh, and and before long, my, my oldest son was coming of age, and he he said he wanted to do a triathlon, and I didn't even know there were kids' triathlons at the time, but we had found a, a race for him to do. And so it kind of got to the point where running had become not what I do, but yeah. who I was. Yeah. And I didn't see this. I mean, I, I just knew I was doing a lot of it. And uh, so – in 2000, and, um, in the fall of 2009, we have a, a day of praise at our church. It's kind of what most churches call homecoming, uh, but it's a time where, you know, we Baptists, we love to get together and have a service and then eat after. You know, that's kind of <laughs> the staple of a Baptist church. That's what we did on this day, and... Um, i'll never forget i walked up and i think hr and adrian were already sitting down and holly and i got our plate and we come up and sat down with hr and adrian i've known hr like he explained earlier he taught me in uh um ras when i was just a little kid and knew his whole family uh my whole life and uh so we sat down and and HR has a background in running. He didn't say this earlier, but he, he was a very fast runner mm-hmm. uh, for when he started. And um, so I was just, this is the perfect guy to talk running with. You know, I sat down and I'm in church and I'm going to talk running. So I started talking about the things I'd been running and HR was really engaged. And, and I started talking about Ironman and Lane had just done his first race. and And I'll never forget, never forget it. HR looked at me just as serious as he could be. And he said, Mitch, don't let this become your God. And I'll never forget. And I've told HR this. It made me mad. I mean, I just kind of sat back in my chair and I was like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Here I am talking about running and races and my family and and HR's meddling my faith. What? who is he and I'll never forget I left and I was just I mean it it ruined my day
1: no.
0: and I went home and I didn't say anything to anybody um, I mean Holly didn't even pick up on it and um, I went home that night and man it's just like I couldn't get it out of my mind looking back now I know it was the Holy Spirit just <laughs> eating my lunch mm-hmm. but I was taking it out on HR and uh, for a couple of days I just stewed over it you know i'm i'm one of those people i dwell on things i know that and uh i was just dwelling on it and just couldn't get those seven words out of my head and and i started to realize this was this was god this wasn't hr (laughs) this was god really getting getting in my getting in my business through what hr said so i began to pray about it and um you know, I, I say, God, if I feel like you're 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 showing me something here about what this sport has become, because even though I wasn't good at it, I've never been good at it. It it had become an idol in my life. Uh, if it's all I talked about, it's all I wanted to talk about, it's all I did on the weekends. If I was at church, I was thinking about the run after church, and it. I just really started to get convicted about it, and so I began to pray about it, and I said, God, you know if i don't know what you're trying to tell me here but you're obviously telling me something because i couldn't get this out of my mind over the next few days and so i just kind of prayed i said god if if i need to give this sport up i will and i realized i either needed to give it up or give it to god and you hear that said a lot you hear people say well you just need to give it to god what does that really look like? I mean in practical terms you can't put running in a box and a bow on top and hand it over to God. You you can't do that. So what what does it look like? And so I started reading and and I, I decided that, you know, maybe I was to give it to God, but it, it looked different than you might think it would. I, I need to do it for God. Mm-hmm. I need to start using this as a platform because I wasn't good at witnessing. I I was a born-again believer. Uh, I was saved at 19 years old. I have no doubt about where I stood from a salvation standpoint, but I realized real quickly that I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing for Christ, and I wasn't being obedient. I was running. Mm -hmm. And so I started to think, you know, how it it was clear that God didn't want me to give it up, but I needed to do it. For him. Well, what does that look like? Well, I knew that one of my weaknesses in my walk was sharing with others what Christ was doing in my life. You know, evangelism, evangelizing. And so I remember I thought back, and and I actually have it in this drawer right here beside me. It would take me a minute to pull it out. But I thought about, I thought back to several years earlier. Um, I tell my pastor this. He, he doesn't like me to say it. But sometimes I, I start Thinking about things when Charlie's preaching and it's not about what he's preaching about and I'll never forget several years prior I drew a funny-looking stick guy and just a plain stick guy and I wrote run for God under it this was like when I very first started running I don't know why I drew it I mean I do now but at the time I don't I didn't know why I drew it I came back here and I put it in my desk drawer and I just filed it away And so these years later, through what HR said, I'm thinking all these things. So I go and I pull out that sheet of paper with that funny-looking stick guy on it. And I sent it to my local print shop. And I said, I need 12 T-shirts that has this funny-looking stick guy on it and it says, Run for God. You know, one of the original shirts is around here. So HR wears it every now and then. (laughs) But I had 12 T-shirts made. And the the idea was I'll wear these um, wherever I'm going – if I'm running, if I'm at the gym, if I'm going on a bike ride, I'll wear these shirts, and I know that people are going to ask about these goofy-looking shirts, and what is Run for God? That's the most popular question in this ministry now. When people see these shirts, what is Run for God? And that would force me to get outside my comfort zone to tell what God is is doing in my life. And And I'll never forget, I got those 12 T-shirts, and the first place I stopped was at H.R. and Adrian's house. I don't know if you remember this. I, date. Oh yes. <laughs> and I basically walked in. I, I may be paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact things I said. But basically, it was HR. You made me mad a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but here's what God's been doing. I thought in he was there life. to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "This is what God has been saying to me the past few weeks." And and I had these T-shirts made. Really don't know why, but I'm gonna start wearing these T-shirts. And I gave HR and Adrian one of the t-shirts, I gave HR a pink one and you a blue one and hmm. I was wearing the white ones and so I just started wearing them and and before long, you know, we won't get into the whole story, but before long people started asking about teaching a class and I was like, "No. <laughs> I don't teach." i i've i used to help with ras mm-hmm. when w- a few years back but i've never taught a thing in my life i'm not that good of a runner i don't know the bible as well as i should all these excuses that we give i was mm-hmm. given and and god really laid it on my heart there again we talk about seeing the big picture god didn't show me that part when he said get 12 t-shirts made i thought it was 12 t-shirts and we're done yeah and then we know how god is it's okay we're here now let's go here and and that was twelve years ago now and you know, Run for God Today is has, has been taught in over sixty five hundred communities around the world and we're Dude. sitting here talking every week on these microphones bannering back and forth and we're a hundred episodes into this now and it's mm-hmm. it's just a, a testament. I know HR doesn't like for me <laughs> to direct attention to him, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, it's I it's not at you, that. but it's <laughs> you allowed yourself to do something that God was asking you to do that was very uncomfortable. I know because God has laid it on my heart to confront people before lovingly mm-hmm. and at his guidance. And I know how hard that was. Mm-hmm. I know I knew I know you probably knew that that would make me mad or, or it definitely it definitely wasn't. I often say, how do we know God's speaking to us? And it's when he asks you to do stuff that don't make sense at the wrong time. <laughs> Many times that's when God is – that's a sign that God is – well, you definitely were about to say something that didn't make sense and it was at the wrong time because we were talking about good things. Yeah. And HR yeah. drops this bomb on me. But looking back, if it if it weren't for the obedience of HR making that statement –
1: we wouldn't it, be sitting here. It goes back to that being open thing that we were talking about just a little while ago. You have to be open to that to in order to in order for God to speak through you, you gotta be open right. to, to hearing that prompting and letting it out.
0: <laughs> but many times the problem is HR is open and I was trying to hold the door shut on my end. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it.
1: But But it's why we need to
0: share no matter
1: what. Exactly. Because sometimes people don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But they need to hear it. I've, I've told this story on here before about uh, I, I, the guy's name's escaping me right now. But a guy who, who was into some horrible, horrible things. I mean, prostitution and gambling and, and just crazy stuff. And uh, he would make fun of people if they ever mentioned the word Jesus to him. Mm-hmm. But he said he never forgot the word, the time, the place where each one of those people shared with him because he needed to hear that every time. Even when he was mocking them, he needed to hear it. And so that's why it's so important to follow that that guidance. So did you know that Mitchell was a little miffed about that at the time, or did you not know it until he well, came back? Well, first of all, you know, I, I'd like to say that that
2: when Mitchell and his wife – sat down beside me and started talking about that i uh had been where mitchell is uh years back Mm -hmm. and so i knew uh and i had to uh to repent of that myself and here i was you know myself out running and doing all this and that on my mind all the time and obsessed with it so to speak you know and of course again like I say that losing that weight I felt I felt like I said earlier I felt so much better I felt more confident in myself and my clothes fit better and all that and so I did come assessed with it so to speak and so when Mitchell sat down and talked to me about that I could see that in him well I was to the point actually myself like Mitchell there but I was to the point even when our pastor was given the invitation for people to make decisions right then at the altar maybe in their life here I was thinking about going out and running five or ten miles. and that began to eat at me. And every service, you know, preacher preaching, I was thinking about going running. I gotta go, you know, you know, because it is a high, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I knew what that had done to me. Mm-hmm. So to get over that and not make that my priority. And you still got to have a balance. Not that you straddle the fence by no means, but you still got to have a balance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with you know, you, you got to take care of your health, and of course, that's one way of doing it, no doubt about it. Because I've had some health issues over the years. Now that I'm in my seventies, mid seventies, and and, uh, and uh, of course, uh, the doctors tell me that if I hadn't been in the shape I was in, that uh, I probably wouldn't have made it. And so I contribute that to the running and, and all. But at the, but at the same time, I had to take that problem to the altar. And I says, Lord, I need to be concerned about these people trying to make decisions in their life right now, some of them to the point of salvation, coming to know you. And so I had to uh, ask for forgiveness for for that. And so I seen that in Mitchell, letting that become his idol, so to speak. And I love that guy. And (laughs) seen him as a kid growing up and watched him and all and and his family. And I had to tell him. So uh, a while ago I had mentioned earlier that uh, was it easy to make that statement? Yes, it was. And to to a certain extent and then uh, no and so that's the reason i say that uh, Mm -hmm. mitch but uh, but i knew where you were going and i and i just had to say it Mm -hmm. i mean i just had to
0: and we need to we need to make it clear to everybody listening that for for hr and i it was it was running but you know we think of we think of idols you know kind of society tells us the idols are are something you put on a mantle or the idols we read about in the old testament Mm -hmm. An idol is anything that comes between you and your relationship with Christ. That's correct. Running, many idols out there today are not bad things in and of themselves. Running is not a bad thing. Running is a very healthy and good thing. That's right. Um, Church is a very good thing. But for many people, church becomes their idol. Mm -hmm. We can allow anything good or bad to become an idol in our life. And I didn't understand that then. And that's that's why I was so confused when HR said what he did. Is my my knowledge of this subject was was not where it needed to be. And this, I mean, it's 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 where God really opened my eyes over the the days following that. That it doesn't matter what it is. It can be your kids. It can be your job. It can be your kids' sports. It can, I mean, we let everything nowadays become an idol, yeah. um, and they're. It's all sin. When we let it get to that point, running is not a sin. But allowing the love of running, it's kind of like the Scripture about money. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. Money is not the problem. That's right. It's the love of money. That's the problem. Put in anything in replace of money, right? and the Scripture still
1: fits. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So have you been surprised by what run for God has become? Well, yeah, I
2: have. Uh, I definitely have. I, I didn't know that uh, Mitch would take that and go this direction with it. I mean, I had no idea. I mean, you know, we're not uh, prophets by no means or anything like that. But, but no, I, yeah, I'm I'm surprised and
1: and, and, uh, and just overwhelmed by it, Dean. I really but, when, but when you hear the story and you realize it was just a piece of the time. Yes. I mean, isn't oh, yeah. it cool to see how God – that seed that he put in your heart that day, mm-hmm. he just he dropped another seed and then mm-hmm. another and he's just it's just mm-hmm. been one after another.
0: And Dean, billages. you're talking about these seeds and a little bit of time, and I don't know if HR's ever heard this story. I I think you might have, but when did we when did we put chapters nine and ten into the five K challenge? maybe six years ago seven yeah, years ago something that. anyway we we got to the point in Run for God where so many people were reaching out to us and saying hey you know this is written as a discipleship program mm-hmm. but we've got a lot of people coming to these classes that are have never been to church before and so I, it really hit me that we needed to have an evangelism component to it which again was so far outside my comfort zone I'm just back then even today I'm still working on it but it became apparent that we needed to put evangelism into it well you know i've got a good friend good friend of mine in hrs and yours now mark yoho who was mm-hmm. in our mark. church and, yeah. and mark is if it's evangelism that's the guy you go talk to and yeah. so i went and sat down with mark and i said you know we're we're thinking about inserting uh the gospel into the 5k challenge and i was just looking for some direction and what do we need to do and the best way to do it and and so I was seeking some guidance from so Mark, and I'll, I'll never forget the words that Mar- Mark said to me the very first conversation we had. He said, be ready. He said, because the minute you put the gospel in this program, you think you have a tax now? The devil will come at you blazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it kind of scared me when yeah. he said it. I was like, yeah. well, should we do this? You know, and, it, it, of course, that's when God smacks shit behind the head and says yes you should do it you need to count it all joy when they when it comes but yeah. I'll never forget I really really was struggling with it um, and really struggling it it was about the same time we started doing the who do you say that I am campaign mm-hmm. and uh, we were putting things we were going to start putting things in Runners World magazine you know not an advertisement for Run for God but statements Christ statements New Testament statements that pose questions Do you know who God is? Do you know who Jesus is? And uh, I'll never forget, the closer we got to all this releasing, I just really started struggling with it. You know, is this the right thing to do? Are we bringing on a lot of criticism and stuff that I really don't want? You know, God, what, what are we doing? And I'll never forget, I went to the altar one morning. It was right before we were to release the 5k challenge i think you've heard the story and i was just doubting i had so many doubts and um i'll never forget i walked into service i sit up in the balcony at my church and i sat down and i looked up and charlie my pastor he put the verse of scripture up on the screen and it was matthew 16 15 that's when jesus looked at peter and he said okay you y'all have told me who Everybody is saying I am, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And that's the exact verse we were about to publish in Runner's World Magazine. And I remember just, it's like God just, Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. And I I really got emotional during that service. It just really tore me up. And I remember I went down to the altar and I was just praying. And I was like, God, I know know what you're saying. I know the signs you're giving me. I know all this stuff. And I felt a hand on my back.
1: Mm-hmm. we know who that was
0: i i didn't i didn't have a clue who it was but i knew somebody yeah. was there praying with me yep and i stood up and turned around and it was hr yep but you know the, the scripture you're quoting
2: there is, is christ i know you're the christ the son of the living god mm-hmm. that's what he said and so that you know that uh that says it all right there also you know but uh, i didn't know what your situation was there uh, Mitch, but I just knew I love you as a brother, and I knew for you to be at the altar there, it was something that uh, you really needed to to, to get uh, answered from God Almighty, and I was in support of that, because we know that he is the Christ, the son of the living God.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But what was so what was so awesome about the moment is that God knew that it would mean more for you to be there than anybody else in that building <laughs> at that moment, it was so important yeah. for you to. And God yeah. knew that.
2: And there's a lot of people in the building, and and of course, yeah, I, I just I wanted to support my brother. Yeah, yeah, but yet yeah. yeah, God intended that to, to, mm-hmm. to happen that way.
1: Yeah. How many times do we do we do or we say something, and then somebody comes back to us later, mm-hmm. and we realize that what we did or what we said was way more impactful than we ever intended it to be. Yeah, you free. know, you're just there to be supportive. You didn't realize that he's got yeah. this struggle in his mind, and that what your very presence right there was going to take that struggle and release it from him. You
2: well, no you idea. know, Dean, I really. You're right, but I did know that he knew where to take it. Yeah, he knew to take it to the altar. Yeah, and that's what we got to do. Yeah, you know, Amen. And so, and, and I, yeah. I, he knew that. I knew that. <clears throat> yeah,
1: so so you're still a part of Run for God today, right? Uh,
2: yes, I am. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. So I, uh, you kind
1: of help us kind of set direction and and that kind of thing, right? And it's we're
2: on the board, so to speak. But yeah. uh, I, I I believe I left them uh, some of the other board members guiding me though, because I'm I'm not, uh, not a lot of the uh, a lot of it uh, I don't understand a lot of the financial part of what, yeah. what happens and and all that and so I uh, you know they uh guide me and adrian on that uh, a little bit the other board members and all but uh we just again appreciate what you guys do and and love you very much uh it's, it's amazing well we reciprocate that feeling so what is your prayer for god run for god well my prayer is actually to, to see more souls saved to see more god winks mm-hmm. those god winks are awesome mm-hmm. you know and uh and uh, see uh, uh maybe spread further and further around the world and uh the way you guys have tucked and uh, run with this and uh allowed god to to open doors for you it's, it's, it's been amazing so we uh want to just see more times like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so there's a lot of people out there who they know somebody probably They've been prompted by the Holy Spirit to probably say something, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for them to say it. What would you say to that person who's struggling with going to their their neighbor, their friend, or their family member who they know they need to kind of kind of confront them a little bit, kind of like you did, Mitchell? What what would you? Well. <laughs> You know, Of course, I, I struggle
2: with that too a lot of times, but at the same time, we need to let the Spirit lead us again, and we keep talking about the Spirit. Hey, I tell you, we missed that, we missed it all, because that's what was left with us until we're <laughs> with Christ himself there in mm-hmm. heaven. But at the same time, we need to listen to the Spirit. I, I remember a, a, a time that uh, actually a, 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 a truck driver, this was back years ago, and I was doing another job, And uh, but a truck driver came up on the dock there, and I was shipping clerk working on, on the dock, and and all, also, and um, he's using foul language and all that. And uh, of course, he was a local guy. He drove local uh, for picking up at different meals and all. And he Being just a carpet capital, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, and so uh, I, I shared with him uh, Christ, and I, I said, you know, you're here for a purpose. God breathed in your nostrils, made you a living soul. It's actually to know Him. And I says, you carrying on like like you are. I said, it's not really right. And I says, you know, eternity is forever. And he wants you to have a home in heaven with him, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I I went ahead and did that, you know, and I out of my comfort zone, so to speak. But this has been years ago, and so anyway, never heard anything from him three or four or five years, and uh, he came back to that that doc one day, and he told me, he says, H R, he says, I I just want to tell you, I thank you for what you said to him on the doc four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. He said, I got my life straightened out and I'm in church now. I'm involved. I love the Lord very much. Mm. And so we don't know a lot of times, see, we'll we'll say something to someone, but we don't know what the results are gonna be later. But it's not, you know, it's not for us to judge that. We're supposed to go and tell and make disciples. That's what he tells us to do. And so how
0: many more of those conversations are we gonna have in heaven? Pardon me? I said, how many more of those conversations are we going to have in heaven? People coming up yeah, and saying, yeah, hey, yeah. you probably don't yeah. remember this, but you said this or you did this or you mm. acted this way yeah. when everybody else was acting a different way. <laughs> yeah, And that's what we have to hold on to. Because that's exactly right. So many times we, and it's getting more and more this way, but people make fun or people yeah. mock or people call yeah. you goody-two-shoes or whatever it is. We have to hold
2: on to those moments. Well, you know, I'm getting older, and there's no doubt about it. Here, like I said, in mid seventy, so I don't have as much time to live as if it's a normal life as you guys do, you know, y'all are younger, so I, you know, I can't, I can't just, you know, I got some catching up to do myself, even. So, mm-hmm. but we still just need to let the spirit lead us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know that there's a lot of folks that that have trouble because they're a little gun shy because they feel mm-hmm. like they've gone and they've shared, and then it didn't work out so well. I mean I think we've probably all been there at a point where you know we felt like the Holy Spirit was was telling us we needed to to talk to somebody or mention something to somebody and then we do and then there's no revelation you know days later of you know he's right it's just their hearts are hardened and mm-hmm. <coughs> how do we get past that how do you what do you think we do to get past this idea that well I didn't do any good because that's the way we feel, right? Now, I'm not saying that's what it is. What I'm saying is, though, a lot of times we share somebody doesn't respond and we go, well, maybe God doesn't need me doing that. You know what I mean? How, how do we get past that rejection that I we think feel?
2: anything that you say uh, to glorify God, anything that's good to glorify God is actually – uh, he, he tells His word won't go void. A lot of times we don't see the results right there, you know. And a lot of times when these when you do that, you might feel rejection, but you're not really getting rejection. Uh, you know, they're rejecting God. They're not rejecting you. They're actually rejecting God. That's you know? right. So
0: yeah. kind of like we're going through Samuel right now yeah. in, in church, and, and God, when He told Samuel that, look, they're not when when Israel was crying out for a king, they're not yeah. rejecting you. Right. They're rejecting me. That's the same. and we've yeah, got yeah. to know that we've got
2: to remember too you know. Paul planted and Paul polish water and God gave the increase mm-hmm. so we're still
1: supposed to do our part you know yeah. and then let God do the increase if it's, it's, you know. yeah. that's a great word listen if you haven't heard that story before wasn't that crazy good and listen it's way better than Dean's thoughts would have been I guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
0: if you've ever participated in any sport you've probably met a great coach great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible you can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible you yes you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person all you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan the run for god 5k challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
1: All right, we're back. And, uh... You know, I, I don't know how many of you out there follow the, the running scene in a, at an elite level, but uh, did you hear about those, new, you know, the Newberry Park guys? We yeah. talked about them on this podcast. They're a high school team that are just, they're way better than any high school team's ever been ever before. And they've done it again. They had they had two guys that ran seven fifty seven and eight oh one for three thousand meters, crazy. which is about eight thirties for two miles, like four fifteen pace, uh, four fifteen to four twenty pace. <laughs> awesome. And then they had another guy who ran
0: three fifty eight for the mile. Um, Become one of the few. How many? How many of how many high schoolers have broken four minutes? Not many.
1: I think it's sixteen or seventeen now. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a lot more than it used to be, but it's it's still a, it's still a, that's a rarefied that's a rare thing to do. Yeah. And then uh, those other two guys, those two guys that ran the seven fifty seven and eight hundred one, they're juniors. They're coming back next year. <laughs> it's crazy. They're going to get faster. It's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And you know what it does? There was a lot of controversy, and I think we talked about that on the podcast on this running lane course where these guys ran so fast for cross country. Kind of makes that look a little more accurate now. Yeah, Newberry Park, other... where
0: is that? It's, it's like, in California. California, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. that's what I
1: was thinking. <clears throat> so, and then I was reading about. Um, Cooper Tier, is everybody, I don't know if you remember Cooper Tier, but Cooper Tier is a guy who runs at the University of Oregon. Um, he's the guy. If you were watching the NCAA Championships this year, he's the guy that basically crawled across the finish line. I mean, here's a an NCAA champion finishing near the back of the pack at NCAA Cross Country because he was going to get to that finish line one way or another. It was inspiring to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway. His high school coach was caught cheating recently. So you think about a coach getting caught cheating, you think, well, he probably got caught with some drugs or you know,
0: something, something like that. Something for the athletes, yeah.
1: Yeah. No. He got caught cheating in marathons <laughs> with his marathon times. Oh and my. so – you know, they caught him at Boston where he's got, you can tell that, that he did something nefarious because of the times that his, his chip crossed mats and mats that he mysteriously didn't happen to register on. And, uh, and so they've kind of disqualified his times. But I've never understood why in the world would you cheat in a race? Mm-hmm. I've just never understood it. I mean, there's times where you want to cut it shorter, but if I cut it shorter, then I don't want to cross the finish line. Yeah, that's right. and yeah. make yeah. it look like I, yeah. I did something I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, just that's such crazy. And and you know, and the guy's 60 years old, and I think <laughs> no you know, for a 25 year old, you think, well, you know, we're, we're, a little, we're a little pompous at 25 years old. This guy's 60. <laughs> well, it Makes it even more sad. So uh, anyway, but obviously. I mean, he's, he's got to be a good coach, right? I mean, he coached Cooper Tier. Cooper Tier is one of the mm-hmm. greatest runners in, in, in America, and he coached him, so he's got to be a good coach. So here's the question. Would you let him coach your son knowing what you know? would be tough. Yeah, it, I'd be a tough one to to, to, to answer, wouldn't it?
0: What, what has he said about it since then I guess I guess I, that, that I would know. help my answer to my question
1: that I don't know yeah. that I don't know yeah I agree with you I agree with, if if he comes if he comes forward
0: and says I mean says, we all make bones headed decisions yes. at one time in our life so and has, he, has he owned I'm, up and fessed up and yeah and I'm big on, on he second just, chances yeah yeah
1: yeah. Um, yeah that's a good that's a good question it'd be yeah. interesting to see but we're not gonna be faced with that question but I, I just thought it was an interesting sure. question to pose yeah how about a trivia question for this week <coughs> uh, how about a question about a winter olympic sport cross-country skiing is closely related to running there are two styles of cross-country skiing what is the event called in which you ski half the race using one type and the second half using the second type of skiing
0: I didn't know there were two types. Did you? <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> there are two different types.
0: Dean of is our I'm Olympic geek. Oh, I love the okay. Olympics.
2: Yeah, I've never been skiing, so I don't. You know, I thought skiing was skiing.
0: You know what Dean's favorite Olympic sport is? He's in he even has T-shirts.
2: Yeah, that's right? sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curling. Oh, is
1: that right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> have you watched
0: curling? Yeah, the heavy, the heavy yeah, weight. Yeah,
1: 42-pound yeah. rocks yeah. that they slide across the ice. See, he even ice? knows yeah. how
0: much it weighs. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: it's 100 feet from uh, I, I, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, the, yeah.
0: So explain birds, to me this. Okay. I know, is is there two types of sweepers? One speeds it up, one slows it down? No. No okay no. then what are the sweepers the sweep, what, what are they doing
1: the sweepers are either trying to make I, I think they, they're trying to make the rock go faster so they've let it go and they need that rock to, to turn a certain way um, to curl more or less and the amount of sweeping they do will make it grip the ice more but or less. see
0: every time I see it there's two different color sweepers and it makes me think one is like a buffer which would speed the stone up and one is like sandpaper Slow it down. Which would slow it down. That's what I always thought. Well,
1: you know, I don't know the answer to that because we've been watching. But you're the the
0: curling king. We've
1: been watching the mixed doubles, and then the mixed doubles, there's only one sweeper. Oh. Well,
0: I thought in the doubles, the person that did it can come sweep, too. They can. But
1: typically, there's only one spe- sweeper. Now, sometimes they'll do it and the other person will do it, but a lot of times there's only one sweeper in mixed doubles. So.
0: You need to sweep up on your curling knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, though. I thought you were going to know the answer. I think this. a sweeping
1: mm-hmm. is sweeping. Okay. I don't think there's two different kinds of sweeping. Okay. I think if they have different color sweep, uh, Brooms, then I think it's just because they got I two figured
0: one was like sandpaper to slow it down and one was like a buffer to speed it. I mean that's just my simple yeah. logic. But
1: well now I'm gonna have to go research. It always that, does me wrong. Mm-hmm. So good heavens, like I got now I have to know. <laughs> now thank you uh, for that. So if you know the answer to that question about those two types of skiing, what that event is, send your answer to Dean at runforgod.com. and if you are the first person to send me that answer then you're going to win a Tumblr, a Run for God Tumblr. So uh, everybody wants one of those. I mean, they're the the stuff. They are the stuff. So you need one of those. We may even
0: give one to HR for being on this podcast. Maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And uh, this this one goes right along with what we're doing today, right? Um, Stories. We love You know people love We'd like to talk about Fishing stories People love to talk about Their fishing stories Well people love to talk About running stories too Don't they mm-hmm. Do they yes. lie no, as much yeah.
0: Telling running stories As they do telling fishing stories yeah, Oh
1: absolutely <laughs> I'm way faster As a high school runner now Than I was when I was In high school I don't you know, know how that happened But uh, yeah I'm so much faster uh, But yeah It's fun to talk about A race after a race too You know you run in a race And I particularly love These team events Where I go and I run These cross country races All over the country And we, we'll run and, and then afterwards the guys on our team it's like it's like telling more stories afterwards yeah. well yeah. you know a mile two I, you know it's <laughs> just it's just great fun to just relive the race after the race i like
2: some of the competition you know some of some of your age uh group uh running when you're running together and you're back and forth with one another and i i know uh, i don't know where y'all know uh uh ron marcus or not but uh, ron marcus and me well johnny marcus you know passed away and Uh, years back but uh, he was one of my competitors too and boy he was fast i mean he was out there i never did you know he was always number one and i was number two or three but anyway years back but uh, anyway his brother ron marcus also was still every once in a while would be in my age group and and there was a time or two there that uh, there's one time that he went out ahead of me and, and he thought I was gone, long gone. Uh, I mean, he went out ahead and I thought he was long gone, but but I kept my eyes on him and finally I started catching him back about uh, uh four mile out. And when I got right beside him, he says, I thought I lost you a long time ago. And he me <laughs> like a like, I like fell, fell over. fellow. I said, Ron, wait a minute, don't knock me down.
0: Well, <laughs> anyway, I've it's also fun. heard you tell stories about another legend around here didn't you race a good bit with what was his name is it doug doug holly doug doug yeah, yes yeah i uh-huh. yeah, used a, to battle yeah you?
2: oh yeah he had a gate like you wouldn't believe but now uh, uh doug he was uh uh age older than me uh he okay. the next age group actually but uh boy, but doug he, was fast oh man day, he isn't? was, was he run for Barry college you know in his uh, uh, college years and all but uh yeah doug i always try to stay with him and one thing that i remember about a race with him one time we was doing a fast race actually the first mile was real fast we did it at 525 but it was a five mile race but we finished with our average at 615 but a lady, I never will forget her, and I think her name, uh, I'm pretty sure her name was Mary prezel I think it was. Mary Prezell, yeah. You yeah, remember she, her? Yeah, she's still running. Oh, man. Is that right? Yeah. She passed us about, uh, it was a five-mile race, she passed us about three mile out. And we ran the first mile in 525. <laughs> she
1: passed us. It's a good night. I mean, she was always a fast runner, wasn't she? Uh, well, I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah. I just know yeah. who she is now. And yeah. of course, now she's You They ain't even sure going is. to ask her yeah. about it now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure
2: yeah ask her. I mean, yeah. it was uh Uh, I'm trying to think what it was but anyway it was a five mile race but anyway
1: yeah see what I mean about running (laughs) stories it's just so much
2: fun to share running (laughs) stories uh, Doug was in front of me right there And I heard him mumbling something I don't know what it was But he was right just a few steps in front of me But he mumbled something when she went by us
1: But <laughs> Anyway, so much for that I was recently going back and forth with a guy on, uh, on Messenger um, That ran He was a little bit later than I was Back in high school days And we, we, we were going back and forth Telling one story after another And the next morning I get this message on my phone It said, hey Dean Tell me a running story. (laughs) That's how much we love running stories. Uh, All right. How about a motivational thought of the week? This one is from Martha Washington. I am determined to be cheerful and happy in whatever situation I may find myself, for I have learned that the greater part of our misery uh, or unhappiness is determined not by our circumstance, but by our disposition.
0: Hmm. Well put.
1: Mm -hmm. Attitude is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is possible to choose to be happy and content. I mean, it just is. And so many people, you know, Paul talked about it specifically, Mm -hmm. but so many people think all these circumstances around me have caused me to be unhappy. No, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You caused you. You (laughs) caused you. It's how we react to it. Yep. And God will give us the strength for it, won't he? Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: Hey, Char. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. This has been fun.
2: Is that it? We so appreciate it. We're we're almost
0: done, but it's a – oh okay (laughs) this has been fun yes it has yeah Yeah. 100 episodes who would have ever thought
1: yeah yeah all started this all started 12 years ago now because of seven words and we're so thankful for those words, yeah. as as hurtful as they may have been when they came out, <laughs> yeah. um, they were they were just it's it's an awesome thing what's what God has done. Well, yeah. well, so I just
2: praise the Lord for what Miss has done done with it and uh, tuck and run with it so to speak and uh, and uh, made run for God of what it is. But again, and I, I mentioned it a while I go, I just appreciate you and Holly and Lane and Landon and and dean and gay and all the ones that put in the hard work to make this thing happen also it's it's real neat we have appreciate you guys we do but i never thought that when i did said that to you you know i would never thought it would have went like this and uh, i just praise the lord for it but like i told you many times before i think it's in numbers about 22 verse 18 i think it is you know Well, God spoke through a donkey, so he could have actually done that. (laughs) (laughs) But he used me that time to uh, maybe, but but he could have done it through a donkey, you know.
1: And we'll leave it there. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.
0: For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.